Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Insiders Wrestling Podcast, and we are here with another interview with you, uh, for you guys today. Today we have with us Derek Stark. Derek, man, welcome into the show. We really appreciate you having you on. Thank you. I'm, I'm really, really impressed and really amazed and really happy to be here with you guys too. I, I heard a lot about you guys from our, our mutual friend Nails on Twitter, and she was like, Derek, you should be on the show. I'm like, I never been interviewed before. I never really did anything that I think deserved to be interviewed, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, like I said, you know, we just uh anytime we could find somebody with uh with with radio background and stuff like that, like you've got and and are in that career right now, it always fascinates me. Uh, you know, I've got that background uh that I've had back in my time. So um, yeah, no, pleasure to have you on. Love the last name. I'm a big nerd. So obviously having the last name of Stark, that's uh that's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> yeah if only i got paid money you know to hear people oh oh yeah stark like like tony stark and <laughs> yeah and and to be honest i was never really uh a comic book uh person you know marvel dc all that kind of thing i wasn't really a big comic book fan growing up because i always liked professional wrestling so i didn't really know about iron man until my friend katie uh took me to see the the first iron man movie and she said derek i really think you're gonna like it it's got some great actors in it. I think you're going to love it. I said, okay. And all of a sudden, uh, Stark Enterprises, Tony Stark. And I'm like, I looked over at her and I'm like, I know why you brought me to this movie. <laughs> so, Oh, she had a hidden agenda. <laughs> yeah. It hit hidden agenda. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I mean, in all honesty, I love it. I have, I have people coming up to me, emailing me saying you should name your kid Tony. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if I'd want that kind of attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that's awesome. Uh, well, look. So um, I know. Why don't we dig a little bit into your into what you do and your background first? I know um, you have your own radio show. Is that correct? Yep, my own online radio show called The Drive Home with Derek Stark. Okay. Um, and wh what, what do you do on your show? Um, is it a talk show? Is it, you know, music kind of thing? What, what exactly do you do on your radio show? Uh, normally it's uh, a two hour, two hour music show. You know, I, I play rock, hip hop, metal, rap, country, um, uh, comedy music like John LaJoy and the Lonely Island. So. Okay. All right, cool. How did you get started in that? Um, well, actually, I'd have to take you on a bit on a on a further uh, trip. Um, oh, that's correct. Go right ahead. <laughs> well, I graduated in 2006 up here in uh, Minnesota, and I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, because I used to sing. I used to sing when I was in when I was in school. I'd sing for uh, for high school. You know, in talent talent shows, I'd sing Johnny Cash. Well, okay. yeah. So a lot of them were saying, "Well, you should either be singing or be in radio." And I'm like, "Well, I never thought about that." So anyway, I, I went to school here in Minnesota for um audio audio production audio technology and uh after i did that for about a year and i i just didn't like it so a few years later i found american broadcasting school and which was in texas and oklahoma their their main schools but they were doing an online an online uh course 
you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, maybe I got to give them a call and see what happens. So I called them up and they said, yeah, we're doing this online, online uh, course. You know, you, you have a great voice, obviously. We think you'd be good for it. And I thought about it and I went and applied and I started in 2014 and graduated in 2015. It was only a 10 month course, but so. Okay. Awesome. So you've got the background there. Yeah. Um, I, 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 can, <laughs> I can definitely tell you have the voice for it. Uh, there's no question about that. Just hearing you. Um, so, uh, so what um, did you, the, so the idea to start after you graduated from there, um, did you go right into doing something with it or did it take you a few years to start up your station? Um, well, when, one of the things that we had at school for American Broadcasting School was we had to do our own shows, and they would give us a big uh, paper of like, oh, you gotta, ha- you gotta talk about, talk about this, talk about that, talk about this, talk about that. You know, like springtime, I'd write commercials for uh, lawn care businesses around around here, around my area in Minnesota. So I would actually give them uh, the businesses around me free free plugs on the air, and I would upload them to Mixcloud and share them on my Facebook after my uh, schooling was done and a lot of people seen it and heard it and they were like holy crap dude you're doing really awesome but then i uh another man that i met through school chris uh he said derek i want you to come to rock and waves 11294 bring your show and you can put it on my station and i said okay so after that i went to rock and waves and after that was good and plenty radio in florida then uh, Lime City Radio Network in Indiana and Jay Parker Radio in Indiana. So you can hear the drive home on four different stations. So. Oh wow, man, that's awesome. That's awesome, dude. I always wondered. I, I've always had questions about that kind of a thing because it fascinates me. Like, so what do you um, now? I mean, so are you? You're a part of a of a bigger station. Is that am I understanding that right? Um, pretty much. It's my my own show. Uh. And and I am a part of Lime City Radio Network and Rockin' Waves as as DJs. I would love to get my my own radio station where where I can find what shows that I want to put on, like fishing shows, hunting shows, uh, gospel stuff on Sundays, you know, stuff like that. But oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, I did I did work at a radio station here in Minnesota for a while, but I don't know. I just I just didn't like it. I, I kind of liked. Uh, where I was doing my own thing on my own time. So, right, right. It's yep. changed a lot. I mean, it, it you know, if I, listen, for me, I, I'm talking, you know, late 80s. So it's changed an awful lot from spinning vinyl back in my day to, uh, you know, cassettes and all that kind of stuff. And nowadays, it, you know, you can listen to a station, like I know the local stations around here, you can listen to a station at the same time every single day and hear the same exact song because of the playlist that they're playing. So it's not, you know, you're not getting the variety. You're not getting the interaction like you used to and that kind of thing. Yeah. You'll have your morning shows, this and that, that'll, you know, that'll kind of do something like that, but it's, um, it's, it's really changed a lot over the years. So what about, um, and again, this always, this was always the question I had about kind of stuff like that too. So it, you know, by you just going and playing songs now, does it, does that, is that something that you have to get the rights to do? Is that something that the company that you're under allows to do that because they have licensing and stuff like that? Or if you don't mind, I mean, if you can't talk about it, I totally understand. But how does how does that stuff kind of work? Um, to be to be honest, I'm not 
to be honest, I'm not really, really quite sure when it comes to comes to that stuff. But uh, okay. but but I do remember talking to Chris and Mikey, the owner of Lime City Radio Network. Uh, I remember talking to them and I'm like, do you guys mind if I play these artists? You know, because yeah. I mean, I play a lot of the independent music, you know, the unsigned talent. I play oh, a lot yeah. of that, too, but I do play a lot of the classics like Johnny Cash, Elvis, uh, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Obviously, I played them a few times and. I'm, I'm like, do you guys mind if I play these? And they're like, no, go right ahead. You want to oh, mix okay. it up? You want, you want to play Snoop Dogg? And after that, Johnny Cash. And after that, uh, Metallica or Michael Pond, Silent Assassins. Go right ahead and just mix it up. And um, and it's actually proven, you know, that it actually does work because a lot of people email me saying, I never thought I'd hear, you know, Michael Pond, Silent Assassins and Johnny Cash and Van Halen all in the same, same uh, you know, music set. And I'm like, well... For me, I want to try to get everything together in one in one spot. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, I, I, um, it's interesting because uh, I, I mean, I've always had my music background is all over the place too. I, um, I grew up as a well, one of my first early jobs, I worked in a record store. So I mean, obviously, you know, when you're working there, you hear everything. Um, and we had playlists that played everything from jazz to new age to country rock to the heavier rock at the time to, you know, and then when it started rap as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's cool to see that um, because obviously, yeah, it's kind of unique in the fact that, you know, when you tune in again to, to a station, a lot of it's just the, the same old, same old thing. And it's, you know, the same songs over and over and over again. So I would imagine it would be refreshing to, you know, hear different stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like playing uh, like Analog Digital Disorder, Two Life Crew. You know, I mean, I, I'm not afraid to get into the into the like adult language uh, songs. You know, like Lonely Island, and then all of a sudden I'm playing Analog Digital Disorder over here. I'm playing Elvis over here. I'm playing uh, Jimi Hendrix over here. Playing uh, playing Hulk Hogan's uh, theme song from <laughs> WCW. You know, it's I just nice. I just I, I just like being able to spread my wings and be like. Be like, give me, give me a format, give me some freedom, let me have some fun with this, and then we'll see what happens. And it's it's proven to be successful because a lot of on the four radio stations that I'm that I'm on that you can hear me, a lot of people are like, hey, you know what? He's pretty damn good at what he does. And you know that to me, that's a that's a good compliment. So absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome, man. Congrats on that. So let's. You said how big of a wrestling fan you were. So let's get into that. Obviously, um, you know we always talk everybody a little bit of wrestling. So when did you start out being a wrestling fan? How did you kind of get into that? Um, well, I was born in November of 1987. So obviously, uh, I think it was about my earliest recollection was I think I was around two. Yeah, I think it was about two years old. My great uncle Donnie, my dad's uncle. He, he, he used to come over to the house and watch, watch wrestling with us, you know, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, the stuff with AWA and WWF and all that and WCW. And we'd be sitting there on the couch watching and Uncle Donnie would look at me. He's like, who's going to win? And then I'd see like Sting come in and I'd be like, him, him, he's going to win. And, <laughs> and, and Uncle Donnie would look at me and be like, no, he's not going to win. I'm like, yes, he is. He's like, how do you know? It? That's Sting. And sure enough, half the time, if not all the time, Sting won and he would just be like, how'd you do that? And I'm like, I'm just amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so, it's so cool because 
I turned three in November of 1990 and at the 1990 Survivor Series. And obviously, you know, we all know who debuted on that, The Undertaker. And I don't know, you know, it was just kind of, um, I don't know. I've never been so enthralled in in a character like The Undertaker before. And it's, you know, I mean, a lot of people were cheering Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. I was too. But my all time favorite, The Undertaker. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, listen, while we're on the topic, so obviously if you're a big fan of The Undertakers, um, we all know that The Last Ride, uh, Episode 5, debuted yesterday. I mean, I was right on it as soon as it dropped 10 o'clock in the morning, and I know a lot of other people were as well. Now me, I fast-forwarded all the way to the end (laughs) because I can't wait for spoilers and stuff like that, so I went all the way to the end. Watched the last six minutes first and then backed up. And and so I kind of got the news ahead of time and then went back and watched it. So um, what have you thought of that series? Being a longtime fan, it must have been cool to see, you know, this all come to the forefront because he was not the the type of guy who did this kind of thing ever. Um, he played he played that character so well. He was always in kayfabe. Um, what did you think of this whole documentary, seeing this inside look at this character? And then, of course, what did you think of the ending, um, where it left us, and, and do you think that he's really finished? All right. Um, well, the first time that I seen it, the first episode, and they were talking about uh, tw- um, April – or March to April 2017. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute. And all of a sudden it brought back to WrestleMania 33. I'm like, oh my God, I was actually there watching that happen. And I, I had no idea that he was even, you know, even thinking of retiring, but anyways, we'll get to my WrestleMania story later on in the show. But anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah, watching this with the undertaker, I mean, you hardly ever heard anything about him about the man behind the character you know i mean like like you said he kept kayfabe for so many years but you know i mean just seeing this going behind the scenes the man behind the character i i could see why they they kept it you know why he never decided to do it for so long but it's just like wow you know what this guy's actually pretty cool and and watching all the chapters together you could tell that he really has that love for the business and he wants to do what he can to protect it as much as he can and help the young guys, obviously, and just oh my god, just so so many things that happened, all the matches he did, and it's just like holy crap. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah, seeing that show really opened up a lot of uh, a lot of things, and you know, hearing the people talk about him um, as if he's this legend that is you know walking amongst them and and all of the you know looking up to him like i think they mentioned yesterday like he was the godfather of of, of wrestling to all them and and then i think yesterday also in that episode seeing him in nxt and you know sitting in the room with the with the guys from nxt and talking to them and, and kind of passing on his knowledge um you know look it's something you may not always see from everybody um, I know there's legends in the game that have come and gone, but, you know, I, I think that he just – it just seems like everybody just looks up to him. You don't really hear about too many people not liking um, Undertaker slash Mark Calloway. So it's uh, – again, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really good series, I think, and, and, and brought a really good um, um, sight into what his life was like. And it also apparently helped him as well because I guess all through this, he said it kind of helped him come to the realization – um, of what he came to yesterday at the end of the show. So we heard his comments, obviously, at the end. 
and we heard him say, you know, this is it. I, I think I can really walk away. Um, well, first of all, did you did you see the um, did you see the last the cinematic match? Did you see the Boneyard match at WrestleMania? Yes, yes, I did. Um, I actually was when I actually heard that they were still doing WrestleMania 36 from the performance there, and, I, and it, it actually got me intrigued. I was just like. There is no way they can actually do that and still keep some sort of like WrestleMania esque, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but, but they actually proved proved that they actually could do it. And of course, the cinematic match, obviously the Boneyard match, the main event for the first uh, the first night. I I saw that and actually, in my opinion, for that, I think that he actually, if he wanted to, if the Undertaker wanted to leave doing doing something that. He can actually look at it and go, you know what? I'm very proud of that. I don't have to get back in the ring anymore. That match, that Boneyard match with AJ Styles was the match, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, and now seeing yesterday's show and, and leading up to it, um, you you got that feeling that, you know, what they came up with and everything like that. And seeing what, seeing what we saw – um, kind of turning this little tiny plot of land that they got into what they did. Uh, it was almost amazing uh, to see. And, and look, I, I don't think you can get any better way. And I know my, my co-host Jeff has said this. Uh, he called this a, a, you know, a while ago and said, I think he's going to announce that this is his final match. Um, after and this was after we watched the Boneyard match. So, what better way to go out? I mean, than to go out with your fist held in the air, riding off into the sunset on a bike. You know, the logo lit up in the background. You know, and for him being such a perfectionist, knowing that if something were to happen in another match, let's say he chose to wrestle again. Now, everybody's saying Survivor Series because this is going to be his 30th anniversary of Survivor Series, where he debuted. So, everybody's saying, well, he's going to wrestle there. But look, being such a perfectionist, if he goes out there and does that, and let's say, who knows, let's say something happens that, you know, he doesn't like, and then the whole vicious cycle kind of starts up again where he doesn't feel like he he left it on a high note. So I agree with you. I, I think that you – I don't think you can go out any better way. Yeah, I mean, and I when I was actually watching the, uh, the Chapter 5, they were talking about that, and – Triple H, I, I read on some uh, some news was talking about, you know, pro- the production of it, and he said, you know what, if if Mark wants to retire, you know, Mark Calloway, if he wants to retire, we gotta make sure that this looks looks good for him. And him and AJ Styles just beat the living crap out of each other. And I mean, with AJ Styles, I mean, I watched him in uh, I, I I watched him since Impact Wrestling, you know, TNA, and. I, I loved how, how a perfectionist he was, too, when he was in the ring. You, you know, the phenomenal forearm, the styles clash, all that good stuff. And it's just, you know, it's it's like, what better way to go out than have somebody like AJ Styles? I mean, he can, he had a he had a perfect match with Shane McMahon that I seen at WrestleMania 33. He had amazing matches with John Cena. I mean, that guy could have a match with a broom, and he could get that broom a standing ovation from the crowd easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. AJ's a, a a true professional in the business, and I could totally see why he, uh, you know, why he wanted AJ to be the guy. I mean, the promo he cut 
to start the whole feud with Taker after Taker obviously showed up in Saudi Arabia and uh, and beat him there. Um, the promo that he cut that dug so personally into Undertaker's life and called out his wife and and all this other stuff kind of called the mark. Not really the Undertaker was just amazing. I mean, you saw that his wife was saying that she hated him. Uh, mm-hmm. Started to hate him after that, um, and I could see that. And 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 somebody he and look, you need someone to to come and do that. You know, we've had other people on our show saying you need someone to bring you to the dance, someone to dance with. And you know, you have this stuff going on with Edge and Randy Orton, and you've had others over the years. And you know, that's something that you need. And if you find that guy that can be that dance partner, quote unquote, so to speak, it's going to make the match all that much better. Oh, yeah, and, you know, like you said, when, when we were talking AJ Styles, you know, that uh, that very first promo calling him, calling him Mark and said, said your wife's going to bury you and I'm going to help her, and I'm just like, I'm like, you know what? I've, I've watched The Undertaker for many years, and I have never once heard somebody go so deep, you know, in, in, into this and just bringing up, you know, Michelle McCool. I mean, everybody's alluded that, Oh yeah, they're married, but you know they're never going to say it on TV or anything like that. But all of a sudden, he dug in and he took that, you know. And I'm just like, okay, what kind of Undertaker are we going to get? Because I really don't think that the Dead Man is going to be, it. You know, with that character, you know, being married, you know, it's just kind of like, well, maybe the American Badass. Well, then Mark Calloway, and how how he envisioned bringing all three of them together. It's like, holy shit, this is really going to be amazing. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It couldn't have gone any better. And like I said, I really think that uh, I, I really think. So do you think now? I mean, I, we heard this, too. And, and he said at the end now kind of left a little bit of question open because he did say in case of break glass uh, and Vince should call me, you know, so that there's still that little bit of glimmer of hope. But but do you think I mean, in your opinion, do you think this is it? Do you think we we are done seeing The Undertaker in in a ring? Um, you know, I mean, such a fan I am of him. I always, I always want him to come back one more time and preferably a WrestleMania in Minnesota. So I can actually go watch it again. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, that's just me, but, um, to be honest, I'm still on the fence about it. I mean, I want him to, re- I want him to retire and be happy with his family. Cause I mean, he's got a six year old, seven year old daughter, you know, that needs him, you know? Yep. And Obviously, I mean, I love seeing the family aspect of him behind the character of the Undertaker, but to me, I think, I think he is done. But you know, you never know. Maybe, maybe Keith Lee will come up and be like, "Dead man, I want to match with you at the Royal Rumble or Survivor Series or something." And you never know. I mean, I'm on the fence about it. I think he might be, but like I said, I mean, there's a lot of great talent in NXT that might possibly come up to WWE and say, "I want a shot at the Dead Man" and all that. But you never know. I had said a few times on our show in the past that there's two people I would love to see him wrestle. One is Sting. Uh, We don't know, obviously, where Sting is right now. He's kind of in limbo, and they're not really saying whether or not they signed him back. But one would be Sting. And obviously, with their age and their health and all that kind of stuff, both of them, that would have to be a cinematic match uh, similar to the Boneyard, which would be amazing if they did that. And the other one I'd love to see him wrestle would be Bray Wyatt as the Fiend character because it would almost be like he's passing the torch on to Bray so but but yeah like you I don't know I just don't know I mean you know with Bray he's a younger guy so 
I don't know necessarily that he kind of wants to be in there with a younger guy who is maybe not. I mean, Bray's been around, but he's maybe not as established as a guy like AJ Styles or Randy Orton or, or guys like that that he knows are going to be more perfectionists and maybe can take care of him a little better. Um, but the thing with Sting, I would absolutely love to see. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think – that looking back at it and watching that series, I think that honestly I, he couldn't get better a better way to go out than than what he did. Yep, and I mean I loved seeing at WrestleMania. I think it was thirty one uh, Bray Wyatt against the Undertaker. Obviously, I, I thought the match was great, but I thought the match was a little too I don't know too too short. I mean I know the Undertaker said that he lost some of his confidence after that match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania thirty. Um, but I mean I think it was just. I don't know. I mean, I, I Bray Wyatt, in my opinion, has changed characters so much. It's really been amazing to see. But I mean, I think I think a match with him and Bray Wyatt would be amazing, or maybe him against Edge again in a in a rematch. I don't know because yeah, 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 yeah. Bray is Bray's a brawler. Um, he's a big dude, and he and he's a brawler. So brawlers can be. Um, you know, they, uh, they can be a little bit rough. They're not as technical as, as guys like edge and Orton are. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could kind of see both sides to that story. Obviously I'd love the story because there's history between them, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if that would be a good idea for him or, or if he would even be somebody he would want to come back against. So yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, you know, the survivor series milestone is a big one. So obviously we'll see. What's going on? Maybe they'll kind of just uh, wait and see whether or not the fans might be back and, and things like that. Speaking of which, um, how have you, you know, being the wrestling fan, how, how, what have you thought about no fans being in the building? Um, are you, are you, you know, it was weird to you. I know it was very odd to us watching it first when, when it first started. Now they're bringing in the people from the performance center. Um, do, do you like it kind of without the, without the people in there or now that they're bringing the people in from the performance center, you know, kind of liking it a little bit better? Well, I mean, at first it was kind of weird having, having nobody there. It was like, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm watching WrestleMania and I'm cheering and booing from my, from my own, uh, you know, from my own uh, chair here, you know, and it's just like, I don't know, for me, it just seems so weird. Uh, but at least, you know, with Kevin Owens, you can hear all the smack talk and that he's trying to go up against Seth Rollins and all that. But I mean, I, I like it, but then in some ways I kind of don't because I'm so used to seeing fans there. And then they brought the fans in and then the, then the hockey glass up on top, which I thought is, I thought was actually pretty cool. So it's, I think I think it's cool either either way because as long as we're getting product, but I mean I still think that they could have aired a few uh, classic Raw and Smackdowns I think from like the two thousands the nineties all that stuff I think they could have done but I mean I mean for WWE bringing inter entertainment even in the worst times you know applause to them and AEW and Impact Wrestling for doing that so I mean you know I I tip my hat to all of them I think they're doing great even with the empty arenas but now they're bringing people back in i think i think it's great yeah 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're doing as good of a job as they can, considering the circumstances. Yep. Um, so you went to a WrestleMania. I'm jealous because I have never, ever been to a live WrestleMania. Um, would love to go, but I, you know, where I live up here in Pennsylvania, it's really only either Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, and both of them are kind of, you know, really far trips for me. I, you know, obviously New York too, but yeah, I just have never been to one. So, so tell us about your experience with that, um, and, and what that was like for you. All right. Well, uh, well, it, it, well, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was actually pretty shocked about the, uh, the, the the trip to WrestleMania and all that because I heard that I heard like on dirt sheets, you know, WrestlingInc.com that all oh, Undertaker's possibly going to be retiring, you know, and I didn't start going to wrestling events until I think about 2011, 2012, and at the uh, uh, Target Center up up here in Minneapolis, and and that was when I went with my buddy. Uh, Adam that I met at work back in 2010 but anyways uh he said he said Derek I got a surprise for you and I said I said really what you got me a million dollars so I can quit this job he said no I got you something better I'm like what's better than a million dollars you know <laughs> he said I got tickets to WrestleMania and I said I said dude you're freaking lying to me don't be lying to me about that he's like no I did and he pulled out his phone and showed me that he bought the tickets and I'm like and I was just staring at him like like, dude, you just committed committed a sin. I can't believe it. But, anyways, I was so happy. And then uh, that that night we were going. I told him, I said, I bought tickets to Wrestle WrestleCon as well. And he said, WrestleCon, really? What's that? And I'm like, that's where they get all the older stars. And he said, he said, no way, really. And I said, yeah, I bought tickets for both Friday and Saturday night, like he did for WrestleMania Access Friday and Saturday, and then the big show WrestleMania on Sunday. So, so we we drove from. From central Minnesota, all the way down through Iowa, through Missouri, around St. Louis, up through, I think it was Indi Indi Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee. We stopped in Tennessee for breakfast, and then by, I think close to midnight, we got to our hotel in Orlando. So, cool, man. So you drive, you drove the whole way. Yeah, we drove the entire way, and I'm five foot eight and a half, and I'm sleeping in a Ford Escort. Believe me, I feel like Andre the Giant in a little taxi over in <laughs> over in Japan. I could not get comfortable to save my life. <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude, I can uh, I can relate. Uh, I'm a uh, I'm taller guy, bigger dude, so I can totally relate, man. You gotta you gotta have those comfortable cars, uh, especially on long drives like that, man. God bless. I I don't, I don't know how you did it. Um, yeah, to be honest, I don't know how we did it either, but. Anyway, we saw the we saw the sunrise up in up in Kentucky, which was really beautiful because it's so beautiful out there in in Kentucky. We went to Tennessee and everything. I seen mountains and hills, and I've never seen a place so hilly as Tennessee. But I was just like, "Holy crap, this is actually cool." I think I could actually move down here. But we stopped and we ate breakfast, and we went through Atlanta. That's the first time I ever saw five lane highways. Huh. I was like, "Holy crap, what is this?" And then we we got to Orlando and. I seen all these all these palm trees going from Atlanta into into or going from Georgia into Florida. All of a sudden, we 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 had some rain and everything, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm seeing all these palm trees, and and I and I snapped a picture of it and I sent it to my mom uh, back up here in Minnesota, and and my and my buddy looked at me. He's like, well, he's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, I took a picture of a palm tree to send to my mom, and <laughs> and my buddy <laughs> just looks at me. He's like, you really have never really been out of state, have you? And I'm like. I'm like, dude, not really. And <laughs> and I actually really enjoyed Florida. It was so gorgeous there. I mean, it was in the 70s, 
we at the hotel that we stayed at we we had a, a pool on a hot tub i mean we we're in the hot tub pretty much every night so it, it was I cool i don't blame you man i would too um i have never been to florida myself i've been around the country for work mostly but i've never uh, never been to florida so yeah i could see the palm tree thing man um obviously us up in the north here we don't see stuff like that so yeah can yep. totally get it you should have brought them down some snow and ice and let them let them see what that's like <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we were actually having a conversation with this uh, with this couple that we were that we were talking to. They were from Alabama, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's cold here!" And I'm like, "And it was only like 65 degrees or something like that." And I'm like, "I'm like, ma'am," she said, "Yeah." And I'm like, "I'm like, you don't know Minnesota, do you?" And she said, "She said, no. What's the weather like up there?" I'm like, "Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much in wintertime, it can get to about negative 50 with a with the wind blowing." And she was like, oh, my God, how do you survive? And I'm like, I'm like, ice in my veins, baby. Ice in my veins. <laughs> Stay indoors and run the heater. Yeah. Uh -huh. yep, that's, uh, yep. That's pretty much how we've done it. And I've always enjoyed snowmobiling and fishing and doing all that in the wintertime, too. But, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've always enjoyed it. So I've always liked cold. But now I'm I'm getting close to my mid-30s, and it's like I kind of want a warmer climate to mm. – you know, living now, it's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> so, so you drove down, uh, obviously you stayed down there. Now, did you do the whole fan experience type thing when you went or, um, did you, you know, did you just go to the, uh, the matches themselves and, and what were, I mean, what kind of seats did you have and stuff like that? Um, what we did, what we did when we got there, obviously we, we slept and, uh, Friday, Friday morning, we woke up 7 a.m. I don't know how the hell we did it, but we woke up at 7 a.m. And, and my buddy was shaking the bed going, come on, Derek, let's go. We got WrestleCon to go to. I'm like, my Jesus, you're like a kid in a candy store. So <laughs> we went and we we took showers, we ate breakfast, and we went to where they had the uh, the WrestleCon at, which was right down the street from where they had the uh, WrestleMania access. So we did WrestleCon in the morning. We'd stop and get lunch. And then we do WrestleMania access in the afternoon to evening time. And and I got to tell you, WrestleCon was was so amazing. I mean, I've seen people that I watched on TV when I was a kid, and it was just like, holy crap, they're actually right there in front of me. I've seen – I got pictures with uh, – uh, holy cow, uh, Vader, Jeff Jarrett. Um, well, let's see here. Molly Holly, she was there. She was really nice too. Jake Roberts. Um uh, we saw DDP and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. It was just like, holy crap. That's awesome. I know. It, it was just amazing. We went to WrestleMania Access. I seen Bo Dallas. Um, Bo Dallas and a, and a few others. God, I can't remember who the heck, who the heck we seen unless I see <laughs> the pictures. But um, uh, actually, I'm actually on my Facebook here. Let me see if I can actually find the photo album for it. And then, oh, yeah, yeah here we no. go. Yeah, I actually seen uh, uh, Brooke Tessmacher was there, Vader, Abyss, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Jake Roberts, Ted DiBiase, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Hacksaw was so freaking cool. We talked to him for like 30 minutes. And it was like we knew him for, you know, like he knew us forever. You know, we also seen Ashley, Ashley Massaro, uh, ODB, Gangrel, Mean Gene Okerlund, The Godfather, Ron Simmons, and Theodore Long. It, it was cool. It was Oh, yeah, it was Darren Young and Bob Backlund I got a picture with. Um, uh, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas was pretty cool, actually. And uh, Drew Gulak and Tony Nice. That's awesome, man. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. That was, 
if you've never been to a WrestleMania, all I can say is this, is it is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I actually had a jersey made with uh, the number 33 on it, which is my, you know, the WrestleMania number. And I actually put my nickname on there, Starkey. And they actually went through and they actually put S-T-A-R-K-Y on there. And I'm like, like, holy crap, this is so cool. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I've heard I've heard that from others that have said that you know that have gone and they said the fan experiences that they that they have are like no other. Yep, uh, they had little kids doing entrances. You can actually do one of your favorite entrances. Uh, you can uh, walk through this uh, elimination chamber and get a picture with one of the stars. They had Dana Brooke there signing. I wanted to I wanted to see her, but we never had. Uh, there was too long of a line for that, but we did get to see Mickey James and. My buddy Adam had such a crush on her when he was a kid. He was, he was like, "Oh my god, dude! I met Mickey James." I'm like, "You're not the only one that met her too. I did too." But, but I still, I still have a crush on Mickey James, so I can completely understand that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> me too. And we've seen, uh, obviously, we've seen Molly Holly was at, at WrestleCon, Kelly Kelly, Maria. You know, I mean, just wow. a lot of these women that I grew up watching. It was like, like holy cow, like they're actually like, like right next to me. And it's just like, you know, I'm 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 trying not to fan out, you know, like some some woman that just got to meet the Backstreet Boys or New Kids on the Block, but it was like, <laughs> it was just so freaking cool, you know. And and I when I actually hugged Hacksaw and got a picture with him, I'm like, dude, I've watched you on TV for years, and it's just so crazy that I'm standing right next to you. He's like, it's cool, isn't it? I'm like, oh my god, it is so cool. And <laughs> and actually, I got a good story for you guys about Jake Roberts. Um, yeah, definitely, man. You know he, um, you know he was actually doing that DDP yoga, you know, trying to get sober and and all that. Well, he had a GoFundMe when he when he had that shoulder uh, injury that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a GoFundMe, and I donated fifty bucks to that uh, GoFundMe, which was that I get a call from Jake Roberts. Well, I got a call from him, but I was sick, so it went to it went to voicemail, so I couldn't answer it. Oh, he man. called me again later on, like a few months later, and I talked to him for like ten minutes. And I said, thank you for everything that you've done for the wrestling business. He said, well, thank you for everything you've done for me. You guys have helped me out so much. And then and then what happened was they did the DVD, My History Is Not My Destiny, you know, the one that DDP and them, and them put together. Yep. I got the WWE DVD, but the DVD that they put together. And I talked to Jake when I met him at WrestleCon, and I said, I'm Derek Stark. I'm the guy that you talked to, you know, from Minnesota. And I donated to your GoFundMe, and... And he said, "Oh my God!" And he gave me a big hug. We had a, we shared a nice picture, and he gave me the DVD. Well, then I know I got home and I watched it, and I called up my buddy Adam that I went to WrestleMania with. And I was like, "Dude, I am on the credits of this DVD." Oh, that's cool, dude. I know he, he was like, "You're shitting me." I'm like, "No, come on over." He drove over five miles, and he said, "Okay, okay, where's your name?" Right there, Derek Stark. And he said, "Holy shit, dude, you're famous." I'm like, I'm <laughs> that's <famous."> awesome. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. Al, listen, getting yep. to meet a legend like Jake is is awesome. That's that's amazing. Jake was a, uh, yep. a, a you know another character that I liked. I, I mean, I I was always drawn. I know Jeff was too to characters that were a little more you know like the horrorish kind of characters, I guess you could yep. say. And you know, Jake was obviously uh, one of the one of the ones who was right up there for that. So that's awesome, man. Yep. I like I said, I love the Undertaker. I loved. Uh, Jake Roberts. Obviously, I love Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan too because you know, uh, take your vitamins and say your prayers and work out, brother. And <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the Undertaker, he didn't say that. Neither did Jake Roberts. And I was like, okay, these guys are different than 
your basic face, baby face characters. And I mean, growing up watching WWF and WCW going on at the same time, and then uh, Impact Wrestling, it, it's just so cool to see see all of the legends, you know, that you finally meet. It's like, dude, I watched you on TV when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. So I love yeah, it. Man. Absolutely. Uh, listen, Jeff, I'm sure you've got some questions to uh, to ask. Um, so shoot them on out, man. Yeah, so I <clears throat> I wanted to go back to The Undertaker um, because, I you know, I hear that, you know, he was one of your favorites. So um, let's fast forward and go to when he's – inducted into the wwe hall of fame who do you think should be the one that inducts him oh my god um <laughs> i i didn't expect a question like that <laughs> um to, to be honest i think it's got to be at least four people inducting him uh sean michaels triple h vince and kane yeah i like yeah, that that's a that's a great lineup, man. Absolutely. Um, and oh well, uh, sorry to cut you off, but um, obviously, I mean, I think the Undertaker's in a class of his own. If if he's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame, it should be just him. The whole show should be about him. I think. I I would agree. Do you think that they should just do that at a Survivor Series this year? Actually, that would actually be really cool because with Survivor Series, he debuted in nineteen ninety, and now coming up, it's a uh, you know, it's like over 30, oh, 30 years that he that he gave. I'd say induct him at Survivor Series into the WWE Hall of Fame. Let the entire show be about him. Wow, that's a great thought. Yeah, just like show, like, like have the matches, the other matches, like Randy Orton against Edge and all that kind of stuff. But, like, do, like, moments where, like, um, you know, like moments that The Undertaker had at Survivor Series or, or even in his career, you know, like the big shoot interview that he – that he had, you know, when he came out in, I think it was like 1998, and and he was talking about how other wrestlers let, left for greener pastures, more money. I stayed by by his side, you know, so he can get that championship match against Stone Cold if he beat his brother Kane on that Monday Night Raw. And to be honest, you know, I think that that show is symbolic with The Undertaker. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. That's a, that's a great question, man. And then, yeah, good point, Jeff. I mean, if they're not going to do a match with him, um, then why not just, yeah. I mean, look, he's going to be an instant hall of famer. So why wait until WrestleMania to, um, you know, to, to do that, you know, you can always have the ceremony at a different time, but yeah, why not just have that be like a tribute thing, um, for him, especially if they're still not getting the fans back into the stadiums um, at that point in time. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, great thought. Yeah, Thank I'd, you. I'd love to see, yeah, I'd love to see him just get his own spotlight and because I mean, he's, he's meant so much to the business and he's done so much for the business that I think that that would be a really good uh, way to honor him Um like he probably should be. Um, in ter- in terms of uh, I, I, and this is a loaded question. We already we always ask these um, loaded questions <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, to wrestling and and all these things. But um, what what are give us a couple of your favorite WrestleMania matches? Oh my god! <laughs> I told you it was loaded. 
Yeah, you, you did tell me it was loaded. I will admit, you did tell me it was loaded. Um, it kind, kind of reminds me of uh, the stumpers that I would throw out, throw out to musicians, like um, like you're going on tour. Uh, you're the you're the final act. You have three opening slots. Uh, who would you want to go on tour with with you and open for you and why? And a lot of them can't even answer. They're just like, "Damn, I never heard that one before." <laughs> but but uh, but back to your. Uh, uh, back to your question about my favorite WrestleMania matches. Oh my God! Um, let's see here. Uh, WrestleMania twenty three, uh, Undertaker against Batista. Obviously, that was one of my favorite matches. Uh, you know, up in the Midwest, obviously Detroit. Um, Undertaker winning the world title, even though that title reign didn't last long. Uh, WrestleMania twenty five and twenty six. That Undertaker had against Shawn Michaels. That was another one, and. The two matches he had with Triple H at WrestleMania and the Boneyard match with AJ Styles, obviously my favorite matches. But other than The Undertaker, um, I got to say Shawn Michaels against Razor Ramon, WrestleMania 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Classic ladder match. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was, the, you know, I mean, the, the TLC matches with, with Jeff Hardy, with the Hardys and Edge and Christian and the Dudleys, I mean, obviously they're amazing too, but but nothing compares to that very first match. You know, it's like, well, it's like, you know, Shawn Michaels against Razor Ramon, the first layer match. Everybody's like, well, how's this going to go? What are they going to do here? And that match was just so amazing. I couldn't I couldn't imagine it. It was just amazing. All that and uh, The Rock against Stone Cold, uh, the WrestleMania that they were in Houston. I think that was 17, I believe. Sounds about I think yeah, it was seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. one of those two. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So obviously, I love the Rock and Stone Cold. They they were amazing. That was another amazing WrestleMania match. But yeah, just my all time favorites: Undertaker against Batista, Undertaker against Shawn Michaels, both times. I mean, I mean, they were the main the main event, and obviously, <laughs> Undertaker against Shawn Michaels. Then ending the show, it's like, hey, you know what? You got to go on after that. Good luck. <laughs> Very true. Very true. It's hard to top something like that. Awesome, man. So, uh, in term, in terms of, uh, wrestling legends that, that you have, like, who's a wrestling legend that you haven't met that you would love to meet someday? Uh, wrestling legend. I haven't met. Um, see, uh, Hulk Hogan is someone that I would, that I would love to meet. Obviously I, you know, grew up watching him too. Hulk Hogan, uh, Randy Savage would have been another good one to meet, but unfortunately we can't can't meet him now unless I go to heaven. Um, the under, the Undertaker, obviously, uh, Kane, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. So, okay. yeah, yeah, man. Um, Kane might be a little bit of a problem too with his political career now. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just have to run for mayor. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so um, where I mean, I I heard you mention some other companies. Um, what do you watch any other wrestling now? I know you said you did in the past. So like, are you checking out AEW? Um, are you checking out um, you know, Impact? Any any of the other stuff that you watch regularly, or, or are you pretty much just watch WWE? Um, actually, after WrestleMania, I stopped. I I, I stopped watching uh, WWE except on like uh. On like YouTube clips, but uh, but thanks to Ethan Page and his uh, and his Twitch channel, obviously he does gaming and 
Uh, he loves um, being being on Twitch with the fans, watching Impact Wrestling. So I watch Impact Wrestling. I I, I have seen AEW a uh, few and far between, but I still uh, get the YouTube clips from it, and I'm watching it. And I mean, obviously, Impact and AEW are doing are doing great. I I do get I do get tired sometimes of when people are like oh AEW is not WWE it's like well it's not gonna be WWE it's gonna be different and obviously I like stuff that's different you know in, Impact Wrestling when they had the six the six sided ring obviously I enjoyed that I enjoyed uh you know Abyss versus Sabu in that barbed wire barbed wire match you know you had AJ Styles you had Jeff Jarrett there you know mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah I, I mean I, look I think it's we, we have a lot of choices, and I go back to that all the time, is I think it's it's good to have choices. Um, you know, when there's only one game in town, you're kind of stuck with that. You know, that you have right. to watch it whether the content is good or it's not good. Now you've got choices. Um, so I, I'm not sure if you heard, I, you know, obviously with all the stuff going on um, the last week and all that kind of stuff, I mean, heavy stuff going on with, you know, a lot of, a lot of bad news coming out about, certain uh wrestlers and and yep. things like that um you know I, it's it's sad to see all this it really is but um you know i mean a company like we jeff and i talk about nwa quite a bit um on youtube and, and the things that they've been doing and you know obviously now you know, with all this it, it seems like that's going to be kind of indefinitely uh, postponed a little bit so um i mean what what do you what do you think of um you know, uh, given fans choices, obviously first, like I mentioned before, and then also, um, you know, the, the, the stuff that's going on, all this, all this kind of, you know, business that's going on, 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 on Twitter and, and, and everything like that, maybe, you know, giving it a bad name a little bit, I guess, out there, putting a bad taste in people's mouth. I mean, what do you think of all the, of all the stuff that's going on? Well, you know, I mean, I do like that there, that there are choices and, but, but one thing I think the wrestling community needs to work on is that, yeah, you may not like WWE, but don't bash it. You may not like AEW, don't bash it. If you don't like it, just say, hey, I've never watched AEW, I don't want to. You watch it, that's perfectly fine. You know, I mean, it just seems like everyone bashes each other so much. It's like, oh, these guys watch NXT, they think they're better than these guys over here that watch AEW. And and for me, for me growing up, I had WCW, ECW, yeah, uh, in when I was around a teenager, it was ECW, and then uh, you know WWF, you know WWE, obviously. And I I used to watch both of both shows, and I never held one against the other. I mean, Monday Night Wars, I had two TVs next to each other, flipped on one for WCW and one for WWF, so I didn't miss a thing. But yeah, 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 I did. Yeah, I did the same thing. I just kind of flipped uh, flipped channels all the time. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I look, I, I think you're right. I, I totally agree with the fact that, you know, it's one of those things that why can't we just all get along and be wrestling fans? Um, right. right. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, Jeff has said that many times on our show as well about AEW and, you know, you're constantly, Oh, AEW sucks. NXT is better vice versa and stuff like that. Look, why can't you all just enjoy what you've got? Um, right. so yeah, yeah, man, I, I agree. I agree. So when uh, when do you think that um, you know with all the with the COVID stuff happening and everything like that, um, 
How do you think wrestling is going to come back? I mean, when eventually fans are let back in the building, whether it's going to be, um, you know, they're going to have roped off sections or, you know, certain people can't sit a certain distance apart. I mean, how do you think? I mean, now you had said you mentioned about the plexiglass. Obviously, that's probably going to be something they're going to do going forward, I'd imagine, so that when the wrestlers come down the aisles, they're protected, you know, from the, the fans that are sitting there. So, you know, used to see interaction a lot with the with the the athletes kind of you know high-fiving fans you know maybe somebody like Bailey would go over and give the kids stuff like that obviously you're not going to see that anymore so um you know with all this that's happened do you think that you know it's going to be just a change thing now kind of forever maybe or is it going to be you know obviously we're going to get a vaccine someday and maybe when the vaccine comes out there things will kind of go back to semi-normal but what do you think the landscape of of wrestling is going to be when all this finally comes to an end well um i'm 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 thinking everyone's going to be sitting like so many feet apart like you got like three you got like one one single row uh, right by the right by the barricade, you go a few rows back. You're gonna have that one. I mean, I think it's gonna be roped off different sections. Maybe people are gonna be more spread out, spread out in the uh, in like say the target center. You know, have people spread out a little bit more. But I I don't know to be honest. It's it's kind of a hit and miss. I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're gonna end up with like uh, wrestling shows like how WWE is doing it and Impact and uh AEW I think that's what we're going to end up having uh for for a while but I think eventually we're going to go back to somewhat normal especially if they when there becomes a vaccine but I think there's going to be like roped off sections kind of spreading people out out and about so it doesn't look like oh like half the arena is sold out and the other half's dead you know what I mean yep yep and yep, yep. and I mean with everything going on Twitter you know with all the all the bad things going on it's it it upsets me because it's you know you got all these all these wrestlers that you look up to and like oh this person did this this person did that said that and it's like you know when you're when you're a wrestler you have social media and all that but i mean when you're when you're like interviewing people or when you're talking to people you have to really watch what you say because in a few years i mean look what happened to hulk hogan yeah and yeah. I mean, with everything, I mean, we, we all got to get along and it's like, no means no. That's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go off on a rant and all no, this. No, no. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. No, no means I, no, but I mean, it's just like, you, you really got to watch what you say. Cause I mean, people, people record stuff all the time. So that's what I was talking about with someone just a few days ago. And I mentioned that I said, you know, even when, and it's not just wrestling, you know, let's not just say that it is because I mean, obviously there's professional athletes in all sports that have run into th situations like this. And yep. look, I, you know, for me, I think it's good that these people speak out. Um, that it's good that they're coming out and saying stuff about this kind of thing that's going on. Even back when it was happening last year with the films and stuff like that in the film industry, you know, look, it, it gives them, I guess, some kind of a sense of closure. At least I hope that, that it does. And, you know, proud for those people of, of stepping up and speaking up. But like you said, I think if anything, I guess that number one, like you said, yes, no means no. I mean, that's been something you're taught since you're, you know, you're a kid and, and yep. it shouldn't change over the, over time. And the other thing is, you know, 
yes, everyone now, and I think I heard someone else say this at some point back when you know the 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 pro like pro football players are getting involved in some of this stuff. Everyone now has camera phones. So everyone now can see you wherever you are. So you really have to kind of watch yourself a little more. You got to, you know, it could be an innocent little thing. Maybe you're going to a party somewhere or to a club or something like that. But man, you just don't know who is going to be there with a, with a camera that's going to be, you know, trying to, and, and, you know, so yeah, I, I, I just think that they have to just, just watch where they're going, you know, realize that they're in the spotlight and the limelight, realize that they're famous and, you know, people are instantaneously going to recognize them and, and everybody in there is going to have a phone and watching your every move. Yep, exactly. And I mean, I'm proud of the people that are coming out and speaking out about all this, because if you don't, the same stuff is just going to keep on happening in my opinion. But if you speak out about it, maybe Maybe somewhere down the line, everybody will be like, hey, you know what? I'm a I'm a I'm a famous wrestler. You know what? I got I got family. I can't risk losing that, you know, and maybe some of these uh, older, you know, older legends, you know, like Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, The Undertaker. I mean, maybe they can help out, you know, be like, hey, you know what? You, you guys are big stars now. Now, don't embarrass the company. You know, and just and just like show them like here, you know what, maybe not go to this after party, maybe just go to your hotel and maybe play some video games or something like that. You know, something like what uh, something like what uh, Austin Austin Creed does, you know, with his uh, gaming and all that stuff. Maybe just play video games at the at the show with some of the wrestlers or something like that and not go to the after party and not go to this bar. Because, I mean, back then, you know, you had the Road Warriors and Hawk and Animal and all them. And if you've seen Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, they they had a lot of fun, but it's like, yeah, nowadays you can't really do stuff like that because everyone's got phones. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, it, times have indeed changed. And, um, you know, we've talked to some of the older guys, too. We had Nikita Koloff on telling us about, you know, the way things were back in, in those days and everything like that. And times have changed. That's a good point, though, that you bring up. I think a lot of them need some mentorship, especially the younger guys that are just coming up into the business because they've grown up in this um, social media generation. So yep. I think that anybody that's been there for a long time, that they can, you know, kind of go to them and mentor them a little bit and say, hey, you know, listen, yeah, you know, if I were you, you know, I, I maybe wouldn't be hanging out at the bar until two, three in the morning. I, you know, have a couple drinks and come home or, or like you had said, you know, do yep. something different, hang out with the boys and stuff. Listen, wrestling is a tough profession. My co-host can tell anybody that um, you're on the road all the time. And, and again, you see on, on these shows that wrestlers become your family. And so it, it, listen, it gets lonesome and, and, and look, I, I, I get it, but yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I think if they can get somebody that can talk to them about this and, 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 you know, I know on football teams and stuff like that. Now you have guys that are coming in old athletes that were playing the game before that come in and talk to these guys about, you know, things that are going on in the world and stuff like that when they come out of college and kind of prepare them for that. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing. Yep. And, and I, you know, I mean, you got guys like The Undertaker, you know, passing passing down knowledge and all that. He was able to keep kayfabe for over 30 years, so I think he could easily talk to these guys about, like, hey, you know what? Uh, I mean, you know, after WrestleMania, obviously there's going to be an after party. Yeah, go to the after party for a while. Have some fun. Celebrate your, your you know, your five-star match. Like, if I, had a, if I had a match at WrestleMania against The Undertaker, you know, obviously I'd be at the 
at the after party celebrating it, you know, hugging everybody saying, hey, this was a great night, you know, stay for a few hours, head home. You know, I mean, don't like don't be like getting into fisticuffs outside of a outside of a diner because you were hungry for pancakes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, man. No, very no. true. Very true. Great point. Well, hey, listen, man, um, we have really enjoyed having you on and, and getting a, a, a bit of a background with your with your career, talking some wrestling here. So before we uh, be, we let you go, um, tell everybody out there where they can find you on social media, where they can find your uh, your radio show as well. All right. Sounds good. Uh, well, the drive one with Derek Stark, you can uh, follow me on, on Twitter at Derek Stark and that's at D E R E K S T A R K and uh, Facebook it's facebook.com slash ABS the drive home. And I, I post there about every two weeks. Um, you know, you can hear me on uh rock and waves, 11, two, nine, four playing the hits old and old and new, you know, just log on to rock and waves, uh, com. Let me bring up my, uh, my schedule here. I can bring up some of the other places that I'm on yeah, to. Where yeah, you sure. Absolutely. Find me if you guys don't mind. <laughs> oh, go right ahead, man. Look it up. But yeah, and then we got uh, Good and Plenty Radio, uh, goodandplentyradio.com. That's all together. Uh, Lime City Radio uh, Network, Pro. You know, they're also on uh, on my tuner radio. Tune in. You know, if you follow my Facebook page, it's my, it's my pin post right up at the top and then on mixcloud it's mixcloud.com slash abs the drive home so yeah that's my facebook my twitter my mixcloud i am on instagram but if you are fake i will block you so <laughs> yeah man gotta watch all those fake accounts Ugh, uh, social media sometimes can be a can be a, a cesspool and stuff yeah i agree i actually I had agree. a few i actually had a few sasha banks uh profiles try to try to follow me on instagram i'm like nope fake Fake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Sasha Banks is going to follow me, I mean, I'd rather have it be the real her instead of some like some fake, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I can't tell you how many, uh, I think it's Alexa Bliss accounts, Liv Morgan accounts that I block from my Twitter daily. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous that people would try to get away with that stuff. It's silly. I know. Right. Um, Awesome. Well, hey, man, listen, I really appreciate it. And uh, guys, check out his stuff. Um, obviously, if you're into uh, if you're in the music, um, go and go and check out his show. Um, and, and like I said, man, listen, uh, we really loved having you and, and good luck with the shows. Um, and uh, yeah, um, we come back anytime, man. It was really a pleasure talking to you about all the wrestling stuff. Yeah, it was actually really cool talking about wrestling. Again, it's been a long time since I was talking talking wrestling with everybody. But, you know, like I said, I mean, if you guys ever want me to come back, just just be like, hey, Derek, I need you for this. And we'll just schedule it on one of my days off from work. And we'll, you know, continue chatting. And, uh, by the way, thank you to, to Nails NY on Twitter for setting this up. So Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Nails is a good egg. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 She's Thanks. Awesome. Well, yeah, she's good. She's she's a good egg. She's a uh, she's a big fan of our show, I know, and and stuff like that. We appreciate all that too. So, yeah, man. Well, listen. Um, thank you very much. We again really appreciate having you aboard, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Have a good night, everybody. You too. Take care, man. Yep. Bye.